BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The numbers are in. Inflation is now a painful reality for Americans. Just the latest crisis for the Biden White House. Seriously, who could have guessed disastrous policies would yield disastrous results? <laughs> yeah, friends, it's time for Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. It's turning into the I told you so presidency, isn't it? We all knew what was going to happen when the Democrats defunded police and when the Democrats decided to spend trillions of dollars to kick the border wide open, to do all these things that we're seeing unfold before us now that any rational, reasonable person would know are going to be catastrophic. Oh wait, you're not really seeing a lot of this though, are you? You're not really hearing a lot about this. Well, that's because the media doesn't really want to tell you about it. That's why we're here, tell you what's really going on. If you're waiting for the White House press corps to tell you Uh, You're going to have to be very patient indeed. This is from Politico. This White House has, quote, approval on all stories, even on background, when they're talking to administration officials, they will give, quote, approval. The Biden White House frequently demands that interviews with administration officials be conducted on grounds known colloquially as background with, quote, approval, according to five reporters who cover the White House. That means information can be used in the story, but in order for the person's name to be attached, the reporter must transcribe the quotes they want, send them to the the communications team to approve, veto, or edit them. Now, the defenders, and there are many of them, of this administration will say, oh, but this has existed before. Sure, it has. Do you think that they're a little bit more rigorous in this policy and its application in this White House because they have a fully compliant media? The White House press corps is effectively going around putting a cardigan sweater across Biden's shoulders, feeding him applesauce and telling him that they can go see the ducks again. They have absolutely no interest whatsoever in holding his feet to the fire unless they're going to try to warm them up and put some nice socks on them. This is ridiculous. The press is abdicating its responsibility to inform you about what's really going on. That is why we are here to tell you what's happening because there are multiple interlocking crises playing out across America right now. Here's just one, the the most recent one, the consumer price index went up 4.2%. Guess what, friends, from the Department of Labor? Stuff is getting more expensive. You know how I've been coming on air here telling you for weeks, for months now, that we're going to start seeing inflation, get ready for it, it's gonna happen, That's not even really a difficult prediction to make when you're spending trillions of dollars. It's very clear that when you're flooding the marketplace with this much more money than was even anticipated in the federal budget, it's going to have these effects. And remember, inflation is pernicious. Inflation is the destroyer of middle-class wealth, the destroyer of wages. Sure, if you're worth 50 million, 100 million, a billion dollars, yeah, inflation, whatever, right? You got your investments, not a big deal. 
But if you're somebody who's working for a wage, for a salary, trying to raise a family, trying to pay your mortgage, four, five, six, maybe 7% inflation a year, and all of a sudden the money that you're working so hard to save in your bank account, it's going down in value all the time. And you gotta make more money constantly to be paying off the things you need day to day. Food, shelter, right? Medical costs, clothing, all of it. Well, what does the administration say about this? Oh, let's go to uh, Jen Psaki. You know, she, I'm sure she has like a PhD from Cambridge in economics, right? Yeah, like totally. Here she is talking about inflation and how, oh, don't worry, it'll be short term. We are expecting new inflation numbers out tomorrow, and I'm wondering if the gas price surge and the continuous commodity surge, like lumber, is changing the administration's outlook on inflation. Well, let me first say that, of course, the Federal Reserve, I would point you to them to speak to or provide analysis or speculation on anything uh, as it relates to inflation or the impact of uh, certain external actions. I will say, as we've said in here before, but we'll reiterate that, of course, we take uh, the possibility of inflation quite seriously uh, as you know, actions that have been taken to date or proposals that have been made. Uh, most economic analysts have believed that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. But in terms of analysis on current events, I would point you to the Federal Reserve. All inflation is temporary in a sense, unless your currency entirely collapses. And even then, at least there's no inflation because there's really no currency anymore. So what does that even mean? What is Jen Psakibom actually saying? Your guess is as good as mine. A bunch of a bunch of uh, nonsense, a bunch of malarkey about how economists all agree with her. And then there's the other crisis that's playing out right now. And I understand they're going to say this isn't Biden's fault, but it's the response that Biden and the administration has or the lack thereof so far as well that's so interesting. You may have seen, even though the New York Times and other intrepid journos were as of yesterday telling us there's no gas lines. Well, we do live in an era where we have social media where people can share photos and video in real time. There are gas lines all over the southeastern United States. There are gas shortages. People are getting into fights over the limited gas they can actually get their hands on. This is a mess, right? And so it's real. It's happening. It's because of the cyber hack, the ransomware attack on this pipeline, Colonial, which is the largest pipeline in America. And yes, I understand that this is not Joe Biden sitting in a basement somewhere hacking in. He's not responsible for it in that sense. But how does his administration react when they, a pipeline is shut down, massive uh, disruptions for people, a lot of agitation and, and suffering. People can't get to work now. They're all stressed out about it. We've gone through a pandemic. It's a mess, right? Well, now's a good time for the energy secretary who I have dealt with before in the past and who is a complete and utter buffoon. Now is a good time for her to start uh, telling us all that, uh, oh yeah, the pipe is actually a good way to, to transport fuel. Hmm. Can you uh, tell us uh, what is the feasibility of using rail cars to transport fuel into the affected areas? I know that's being looked at. Yeah, um, the DOT is looking at that, and so we'll have to wait till their analysis is done. Um, these, these are not easy solutions because um, there may or may not be the right uh, rail cars. There may not or may not be the deep water ports available for the Jones Act to be able to respond. So this particular area of the country, there, this is why we have um, doubled down on ensuring that there's an ability to truck uh, oil in, gas in. But it's, it's, uh, the pipe is the best way to go. Yeah. 
maybe more pipe, like the Keystone XL pipeline, maybe redundant fossil fuel access so that we can't have a bunch of probably Russian hackers shutting down your access to gas when we already have rising gas prices in the country anyway in a whole sector of the United States. Maybe that's a better option. But no, no, get ready for some more lectures about how, you know, the Green New Deal is the answer. Just ride a bicycle. Why do you take a car to work? You could use more cardio, right? We all could. Make sure you wear that mask, though, on that bicycle. Very important. Keep you safe. All right, after the break, we'll have more on the sharp rise in inflation and consumer prices with the host of the Trish Intel podcast, Trish Regan. Stay right there. If you've ever thought about investing in real estate, I want you to take me up on this recommendation right now. Visit doneforyoubuck.com where you can learn more about my friends at Done For You Real Estate. If you haven't checked them out yet, let me make this easy for you. These guys have found a way to make real estate investing straightforward and their system flat out works. I know because I'm using it. It allows everyday hardworking Americans like you and me to finally own investment real estate without all the risk and difficulty of doing it on your own and making rookie mistakes. Look, I can't possibly tell you in this one 60 second commercial how important it is you check these guys out. So how about this? If you visit doneforyoubuck.com, at the top of the page is a full podcast interview I did with Done For Your Real Estate with the founders, where you could hear about my experience with their company in my own words. I'll tell you about it in detail, from picking the city, the house, getting the broker, getting the loan, even getting a tenant, so I get cash flow coming to me every month now. Visit doneforyoubuck.com, listen to that podcast interview at the top of the page, and give my friends a chance to show you what they can do for you. If you've been at a grocery store over the past several months, this morning's economic news should come as a surprise. As we noted earlier, the consumer price index rose by 4.2% from a year earlier, the biggest 12-month increase since the summer of 2008. Here to break it down for you, since April of last year, we took a look at this and the price of gas has gone up almost 50%. Electricity, 3.5%. Food, 2.5%. And clothing, almost 2%. So what's pushing the surge in prices? Well, I think we know the basics, but let's get into the details here, the reality of it all with Trish Regan. She is the host of the Trish Intel podcast. Go to trishintel.com. Good to see you, Trish. Good to see you, Buck. What the heck is going on here? We're getting prices <laughs> going up. We got an administration that seems to be in disarray. I got Jen Psaki, who knows zilch about economics, telling me, don't worry, it's going to be a transitory inflation. I, I feel about as good yeah. about that as I do when Fauci says a, a diminution of the mitigation. Look, you know, I've been saying this all along. You cannot print this much money. You cannot give out this much money. You cannot offer unemployment benefits for, you know, forever, the two to $300 a week from the federal government, thank you, Uncle Joe, without having some effect on the economy, some effect on prices. Uh, you know, it's very clear what's going on. The economy is starting to actually get better, right? Because people are just going back to work and doing their normal thing. And so that's the opportunity for Joe, Uncle Joe, to scale back on some of his spending. It's the opportunity for the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, to scale back on his money printing. But instead, they're, they're just printing money like there's no tomorrow, like, you know, dollars grow on trees. And consequently, that's depressing the value of the U.S. dollar. It's meaning that it's going to take that much more dollars to buy anything. 
You just look at the price of copper. Go look at the price of copper. It's it's the highest it's been since 2011. We are looking at new highs for all kinds of commodities that are priced in dollars and it's trickling down to consumers via the producers, right? If you're a producer of a certain product, I mean, suppose you build houses. Lumber prices are up 300%. You pay more for the lumber, you have to charge more for the house. This is how it works. Econ 101, Jen Psaki should try it. Social President Biden. Yeah, I think so. We're looking at a lot of cause and effect here, Trish, in the economy that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who's paying attention. But I do think that Democrats have shown that they believe in magic math at some level, that two plus two does not equal four if, you know, it's fair to say it equals five, right? If you can come up with some rationalization of how these aren't just laws of supply and demand, these aren't just facts of, of macroeconomics. And, and I wanted to ask, when, when you have Saki coming forward, I think that there is a, a belief among Democrats, and we could actually look at modern monetary theory as the ideological framework that they lean on for this, that they can just control inflation. How, how easy is it, Trish, once inflation starts hitting an economy, does Biden just have some little switch he can hit to say, oh yeah, don't worry about it. We'll make the big bad inflation go away. You know what? Um, talk to Paul Volcker about that, the guy who ran the Fed during the uh, 70s, right? When, when Jimmy Carter's inflation was just so out of control and what did they have to do? They had to keep upping interest rates. No, you can't just hit a switch. I realize Janet Yellen also, who used to be head of the Federal Reserve, likes to believe in that theory. And apparently they're enforcing it upon Jerome Powell, who's also like, okay, you know, we got tools for that. You don't have tools for that because once it starts to take off, it takes off. Um, if you do implement those tools, let me add this, as Larry Summers has pointed out, you will decimate the economy in the process because we've got a little bit of a very fragile asset bubble going on, if you haven't noticed, in the stock market, right? Prices go up, 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 not so much today because people are realizing now the Federal Reserve might have to do something. It might not be able to offer these low, 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 low rates for the indefinite future. Consequently, if they up rates, there's less money in circulation that'll pull back on the economy. And this is what Summers has warned about. This is what Janet Yellen is ignoring. This is what Joe Biden is ignoring, Jen Psaki, who clearly doesn't understand any of this. And then there's, of course, uh, you know, some smart people in the room, honest people in the room that are talking about how you can't print your way to prosperity. We have gasoline, red, uh, we could show you this, up, uh, electricity, yeah. up. Food up, I mean, you go across the board here, 49%, 3.6%, food, apparel. Now, obviously, gasoline right now is, is particularly sensitive because of, of the pipeline hack. But Trish, I mean, well, for, for do, folks- Can I add? Sure, sure. To this, just, just let me point out, Buck, this is April's report, okay, because it, it lags. The, the consumer price right. index report is always lagging. So we have not even seen what colonial pipeline and, and the threat to gasoline that that means. We haven't even seen that reflected in these numbers. So watch out, it's getting worse. Yeah, it was going up before this catastrophe, which look, it's happening on Biden's watch. Presidents get more credit for good things in the economy than they deserve and, and more credit for more of the downside sometimes too. So it's on Biden's watch. I think it's fair to point out that their response to this has been lackluster at best. What does this mean, uh, uh, Trish, for folks at home when they're hearing inflation, you know, we go, okay, Jimmy Carter, the 1970s. If, the, if inflation starts hitting four, five, six percent, what does it mean for people who 
are bus drivers, teachers, plumbers, doctors, police. What happens? It means they're going to have to work that much longer before they can retire. It means that life is going to get that much more expensive. It means your rent is going up. It means gas prices that you need to get to work are going up. The food that you buy on the grocery store shelves, those prices are going up. So it makes it much harder for everyday Americans. I mean, I think that's one of the things that gets lost in all this. Joe Biden keeps talking about how he wants to help out the little guy. Well, the little guy is not being helped by inflation. The little guy is not being helped by these policies. These policies are really going to decimate the economy for the people who need that growth the most. You know, the rich will make it work. By the way, the rich are doing fine. They're invested in the stock market, which has seen a huge, you know, run up in prices, in asset prices, in part because of this inflationary environment. So don't worry about the rich. It's poor and middle-class Americans that will feel the effects of inflation the most. So Joe Biden, for all his talk, he is hurting middle-class Americans. He is hurting poor Americans. And I really wish he'd go study some economics because it's not that hard. Trish, before we let you go, you can tell this president one thing to do with this economy and he would actually listen. What would it be? (laughs) Well, cut taxes. Cut taxes, buddy. Stop talking about capital gains doubling. Stop talking about corporate taxes going up, individual taxes going up. Let's just cut taxes across the board so we can get government out of the way and allow people to do what they know how to do, to go to work, to make money, to spend money. That way our economy functions without the insanity of the left, the leftist bureaucrats that are really ruining it, ruining it all. It's, it's very sad to watch right now. Check out the Trish Intel podcast, everybody. Go to trishintel.com. Trish Regan, good to see you. Thank you. It's official. Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney has been removed from her position as chair of the House Republican Conference. So what does her ouster actually say about the state of the GOP? We have CEO of American Majority, our friend Ned Ryan. He's going to answer that and more when we come back. I've been telling you for a while now about online thieves who can easily steal your home's title. But you don't have to take my word for it. Take it from this thief who stole over 150 homes and was sentenced to 25 years in prison. This is why you need Home Title Lock. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 
Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's, it's in my name, or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. It's scary, isn't it? Look, don't let this crime happen to you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim of this and don't even know it. You can enter code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. We have seen the danger uh, that he continues to provoke with his language. Uh, we have seen his lack of commitment and dedication to the Constitution. Uh, and I think it's very important that we make sure whomever we elect is somebody who will be faithful to the Constitution. Strong words from Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney after House Republicans voted to remove her as GOP conference chairwoman earlier this morning. But as many Republicans, including those who voted to impeach Trump, have put the January 6th riot on Capitol Hill in the rear view, I wonder if Cheney now has regrets about harping on it so much. Let's bring in founder and CEO of American Majority, our man from inside the heart of the GOP, Ned Ryan. Ned, good to see you. Good to be with you, Buck. I should say the GOP base at America First, not, of course, the swampy yeah, that's right. RNC corporatist establishment. <laughs> I want to keep it, keep it very clear for our buddy Ned. Yeah, so, let's, yeah let's define it correctly, Buck. Yeah, exactly. The, correct. the, the good parts of the GOP is where Ned, Ned emanates from. Tell me, my friend, you're just, your top-line reaction to Liz Cheney. I mean, I've been saying all day, this is the first coup that Liz Cheney has opposed. From uh, from the U.S. in a very long time. What do you make of it? Uh, you know, listening to her comments just now, I, I was thinking I'm a political midget. Hear me roar. Uh, this woman was a disaster. First of all, let's go back a little bit, Buck, to January of this year. She only got reelected because Kevin McCarthy backed her reelection bid to be conference chair. So uh, kind of a mistake by Kevin McCarthy on an epic level. Uh, and then in response to that, though, Liz Cheney goes on this demented, deranged four-month tour of basically attacking and undermining her own caucus. And I would remind people, the role of a conference chair, number three in leadership, you've got to raise money, you've got to put together a communication strategy for the caucus, and then you've got to be advancing and promoting the caucus to the general public. She didn't do any of that. In fact, she was actually attacking her own caucus on MSNBC and CNN, at one point basically swiping immigration talking points from the Biden White House, and then nonstop attacking a president who actually had 95% support among the base. So I, as I listen to her comments today, you know, this is a woman that represents at best maybe 5% of the Republican Party, and you know, how quickly her, her, her base of support inside the House caucus devolved. Uh, after being reelected four months ago, it's pretty staggering how bad she is at politics. Do you think that Cheney has a long game here, or is this just really personal vendetta, Cheney family, old school GOP 
hear me roar stuff. I mean, what what was what was the the game plan? Uh, I don't think there was really a long term game plan except for to be a spoiler uh, and to set herself up for her next adventure in life, which is being a commentator for CNN or MSNBC. Because polit- politically speaking, Buck, this was insane. I mean, you're number three in Republican House leadership. You're in one of the strongest Republican districts in the entire country. Wyoming at large is a plus 25 Republican district. And all she can do is spend her time attacking the base, attacking Republican voters and attacking, quite frankly, one of the most popular presidents we've ever had inside the Republican Party. It was idiotic on every level. But I also want to point out this wasn't just about Trump, Buck. It was about the fact that how bad she was. As a leader, you're supposed to raise money. She was abysmal compared to Scalise and McCarthy in actually raising money. And on top of that, she was a terrible communicator. But I also say this, I think the important thing to also think about is Liz Cheney is kind of the poster child for a rejected ideology of the neocon nation building aspect of the Republican Party that was rejected years ago. And she's still living in 2003 and doesn't understand the times in which she lives. I mean, she really is kind of this archaic remain of a, of a day gone by and refuses to change. And all she can do is be embittered by the fact that the Republican Party truly is an America first party now. Ned, I haven't heard anybody who is America first or a Trump supporter who feels anything other than this is exactly what needed to happen about Cheney. But we have Elise Stefanik now, who is being put forward here. And I gotta say, uh, from the people that I trust on this one who are looking at the record pretty closely, but I don't want to color your thinking right now. What what do you see here as as with Stefanik as a uh, as the the next in line, so to speak? Well, I, I've got to be honest, Buck. Having been involved, obviously, with my dad being in the house for ten years, he actually ran for conference chair in two thousand two. When leadership decides who they're going to back, uh, the rest of the world it doesn't matter. And right now, Stefanik is being backed by leadership, uh, so I would say it's pretty much a done deal. Uh, that she probably will be the next conference chair. That all to say, I'm not even sure it's a sideways move replacing uh, Cheney with Stefanik because her voting record is abysmal. I, I would say Stefanik is at best a moderate, but but more of a liberal uh, inside of the Republican caucus. So while she might have done a really good job on the impeachment uh, front, kudos to her. She's a better communicator than Liz Cheney. Uh, don't expect this to be an upgrade. Expect this to be at best a sideways move. And just to note here, uh, Pelosi was very, very displeased, I should say, with Liz Cheney's <laughs> removal. So you always know when something is good based upon who you upset with it on the left, right, uh, right, Ned? Congresswoman Liz Cheney, Pelosi's statement on this, is a leader of great courage, patriotism, and integrity for the sake of our democracy. Reasonable Republicans across the country must take back their party. Uh, so I always say, never take advice from your enemies, right? And here we have Nancy Pelosi tell, I mean, it's the most obvious thing in the world, but it's amazing how often people will do it. You know, oh, Nancy Pelosi's telling us we should, we should listen to what she thinks should go on, uh, what should go on inside the GOP. What do you think, Ned Ryan, should happen here to consolidate the GOP going into a midterm election where already the crises around the Biden administration are rearing their very ugly heads as much as the media is trying to hide them. My advice to them is embrace America first. I mean, it's a winning ideology. And I think that uh, Republicans are taking their party back from the corporatists and the neocons. I mean, this is part of what is being reflected a little bit 
with the removal of Liz Cheney. So, yeah, exactly. Whatever Nancy Pelosi says, look at the opposite as being the actual truth of what's taking place. So I, I would hope that in the primaries of 2022 that we find obviously very strong Republican uh, America first challengers to these Republicans that voted for impeachment uh, to impeach Trump. Uh, for those that are in strong Republican districts that refuse to toe the line on America first. I mean, again, I say this all the time, Buck, a party is what people say it is. And the people who say what it is are those that win primaries and show up at conventions. So I hope that our people start doing that in 2022. Before I let you go, Ned, somebody that you would put forward from within the House in leadership that actually does represent America first or get it done. I know you've already said the leadership has made their choice as it is. It looks like a likely done deal. But if uh, if Ned Ryan could could put somebody in there to actually shake things up and get it done, who would it be? To, to have been the conference chair, I mean, yeah. I was hoping that Jim Banks would have been serious about it or Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. Yeah, I like Jim. Never mess with a wrestler. It's like you never want to get into a fight with a guy with cauliflowered ears. Never mess with a wrestler. It's good, good life advice. Ned Ryan, everybody. Good to see you, my man. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Buck. There's a growing debate in the Catholic Church on whether or not Catholic political figures who support abortion rights should be denied communion. We'll hear what best-selling author and pro-life activist Lila Rose has to say about this next. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. What is your message to prominent Catholics who promote abortion? Please stop the killing. This is killing innocent human life. Uh, they, you have a very prominent position in society. You can influence societal attitudes and practices. You're in a position to do something to stop the killing. Please stop the killing. Please recognize the evil for what it is. Please have a change of heart and come back to the fullness of your Catholic faith. Archbishop Salvatore Cotillion of San Francisco doubling down on his stance that prominent Catholic figures who support abortion rights must be barred from receiving communion. A debate that's been dominating the Catholic Church since President Biden, the country's second Catholic president and first Catholic to endorse a pro-abortion agenda, took office. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops will gather for a national meeting on June 16th and vote on this very issue. Join me now to discuss founder and president of Live Action and number one best-selling author of Fighting for Life, Becoming a Force for Change in a Wounded World, Lila Rose Lila, so good to see you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Buck. 
first, just give us some more background and, and your sense of where this is going when it comes to this conference of bishops and the fact that they are specifically addressing the issue of whether somebody like Joe Biden, who professes to be a practicing, and even if you read the media, devout Catholic, and is an ardent proponent of abortion, how do we get to this point, and what do you see happening with these bishops? Well, the Catholic Church teaching on the, the Catholic Church's teaching on this is pretty crystal clear, and it has been for for centuries, really. Uh, the bottom line is the direct and intentional killing of an innocent human life, abortion, as specifically said by the Church, is a is a grave grave moral crime, and for a a political person or for really any public figure to be promoting it is a serious scandal as well as a, a serious sin. So for the Archbishop of San Francisco and others to weigh in and say, you should not be presenting yourself for communion, which he insists on doing. I mean, the president, uh, President Biden is actually making his faith a campaign tool when he ran for office. And now as president, it's almost like a public relations tool for his image. And they're saying you can't do that. You cannot be willfully persisting in something that violates basic doctrine of our faith, the, the taking of an innocent life, and present yourself as a practicing Catholic. So they're very much in line here, and they're not really doing anything unusual. What's unusual is the fact that the media insists on presenting the president, as many in the media insist on pre presenting President Biden as a faithful Catholic and calling out the bishops as if what they are doing is unusual, but it, it actually is very much in line with the teachings of the church. Right, when a, when a Republican is a traditional Christian of any kind, they're usually a fundamentalist or extreme or something like that. Well, Joe Biden, though, who is advocating, as you pointed out, in direct, and I'm a Catholic, direct contravention to clear Catholic doctrine as a matter of policy, even worse than what one would say about individual action, uh, he's devout. That's the way they always describe him in the Washington. But Joe Biden, a devout Catholic. You can trust good old Amtrak Joe. The propaganda is smarmy and dishonest, of course. Uh, what has this administration done on the issue of life? Because there are many places where we're starting to see Lila, whether it's on the border or, or on, on law enforcement, uh, there are these extreme left-wing positions. This administration is pretty extreme on the abortion issue too, aren't they? Actually, President Biden is even more extreme on abortion now as president than he was as vice president under Barack Obama, who then I think won the, won the title for being most pro-abortion president up until that point, and now it's, it's Biden. And why is that? It's because even now he has a, a reversed a previous policy position he had, which was he actually supported uh, the Hyde Amendment, which would prevent taxpayer funding from directly paying for abortions. Now, President Biden wants taxpayers to directly pay for abortions. He's reinstated funding for the biggest abortion chain, Planned Parenthood. He's rescinded the Mexico City policy that would pay for now allowing the paying for abortions overseas. Um, even who he's staffed his administration with, I mean, his vice president, Kamala Harris, was receiving campaign contributions from Planned Parenthood well, she was, as attorney general, going after pro-life journalists in my state in California for exposing the selling of baby body parts. So she was actually, it was so corrupt that she was getting money from the abortion chain while go, using state power to go after those exposing their misdeeds. So this is the makeup of the Biden administration. The policies are severely pro-abortion. And I you know one, one point on excommunication, there's this talk about, oh, the bishops, are they excommunicating Joe Biden? You know, this is so, so such an attack on him. You know, this is the way the media is positioning it. He's automatically excommunicating himself by persisting in serious mortal sin, promoting the serious mortal sin that is killing preborn children. That's something he's doing to himself. The bishops are just acknowledging what he is doing and the 
and the terrible example he is setting for Catholics worldwide. How are we doing on the other side of this equation, Lila, in terms of the fight for life and the, the changes in policy that we'd like to see across the country, whether it's court battles or just grassroots organizing or things that you yourself and your organization are involved in? Uh, how, is, how is the struggle to value life coming along these days? Well, at the federal level, as I just noted from the Biden administration, it's a bleak picture. But thankfully, that's not the whole picture. Uh, there's actually unprecedented pro-life legislation that has been passed and is being introduced at the state level. Planned Parenthood's research arm was just releasing a statement a couple of weeks ago complaining about the unprecedented attacks um, on, on, on basically on abortion, on, on the killing of preborn children. And so the state level work is amazing. Um, in the last 10 years, Buck, abortion rates have declined in the United States. That's a tremendous step in the right direction and it's continuing. So there's trends that are quiet. They're not getting headlines but they are trending the right direction to protect human life. And I think the, the country, the more they're exposed to the extremism, the more they're educated on the violent act that abortion is and the killing of preborn children and the humanity of those children that are killed, I think the more they change. And we see that at Live Action. I talk about that in my book, Fighting for Life. And that's why I'm very hopeful about the future of our country. Lila, thanks as always. Really appreciate your work and thanks for joining us. Good luck with the book. Thanks for having me, Buck. Are you an anti-vaxxer? Well, according to Merriam-Webster, you very well might be. In fact, I think I technically am, according to the new definition. We're going to get into that in Quick Hits. We're living in very uncertain times, and being prepared for the unknown is more important than ever. I'm sure you've noticed the world we live in is anything but predictable. The government is passing massive spending bills. The Federal Reserve is printing trillions of dollars in fiat currency. And many experts are predicting inflation could run rampant in the coming months. That could spell disaster for the dollars in your bank account. We could all benefit from something a little more reliable right about now. Well, what could be more reliable than real gold and silver? I'm talking about real gold and silver you can actually hold right in your hands. Call the Oxford Gold Group right now and learn how easy it is to get real gold and silver sent securely directly to your home or how you can have real gold and silver placed in your IRA or 401k. Just call the Oxford Gold Group at 833-600-GOLD and ask for your free guide on owning gold and silver. Again, call the Oxford Gold Group right now, 833-600-GOLD. The Oxford Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Call them right now at 833-600-GOLD. One more time, 833-600-GOLD. Merriam-Webster changes the definition of anti-vaxxer, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis once again demonstrates how it's done. We got those stories in tonight's Quick Hits. Let's get right to it. Anti-vax. What has that meant until now? If someone called you an anti-vaxxer, it usually meant that you're a person who believes that vaccinations are very dangerous, that they are bad, that they can cause autism. That's the general anti-vax canon, if you will. Oh, and, and also that they, they tend to ignore or generally put aside the benefits throughout history. I mean, the 20th century, when it comes to medical breakthroughs, vaccinations are right up there along with things like antibiotics and vaccinations have done a whole lot of good. But and there's, of course, a wide ranging debate among what anti-vax even means within that scope, whether there's people that oppose all vaccination or just some just mandates. Oh, that's where we are now. Mandates for vaccines, 
If, in fact, you say you don't think that people should have to be forced by the government to be vaccinated, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary has changed their definition to include people who oppose laws that mandate vaccination. I oppose laws that mandate, uh, mandate vaccination, even though I am generally pro-vaccine and even for this COVID-19 uh, pandemic, pro-vaccine for those who want to get it and for everybody who is at high risk. That's my opinion, but I don't believe in the government injecting this into people's arms, certainly under threat of force or under threat of sanctions. And so now that makes you anti-vax. This is the kind of thing that gets even more people uneasy about the trajectory of government power right now, given we're already seeing talk about vaccine passports. How long is this gonna continue? What about booster shots? Are you gonna be told that you, know, you can't go to your, your uh, sister's wedding because you didn't get your COVID booster in time? That could be in the future. That could be a thing that actually happens. The only hope that we really have to avoid this is people waking up and some leaders saying uh, enough is enough. Governor Ron DeSantis, I, I'm, actually getting, uh, I'm actually getting weary of constantly saying how much good stuff he's doing because it may, it, I'm uneasy with this. I, I like to at least find one or two things a politician's doing wrong. Governor DeSantis of the past 12 months just keeps hitting home runs. He says the right things, he does the right things, and the results speak for themselves. And if they don't, he comes out and makes it very clear what the results really are, in case the media tries to lie about them, which they do. Uh, but children wearing masks to schools, this is absurd. This should stop. This is unreasonable. The governor of Florida, thank God, agrees. These kids do not need to be wearing these masks, okay? I'm sorry, they don't. We need to be able to let them be kids and let them act normally. And that's what should be the case in the fall throughout the school year. No masks on kids this fall. Now, some of the teachers unions have already made noises about how they believe that children should be vaccinated before they can come back. We'll see how that plays out in different states. Not gonna work in Florida, but I think you can expect that there will be parents out there. There will be people who believe, even when we're told by the very slow to restore our freedom CDC, that it, it is safe, it is okay to go back. It is, once we're told that there'll be people that still refuse, that still think that the way to move forward is through constant fear and anxiety from this virus, including uh, imposing that on their own children and on other children too that will be around their kids. It's a shame that that's gonna happen. Why is it going to happen? Why is it likely to happen in my estimation? You've heard in the last 13 months a whole lot about the experts and how we have to listen to them. Listen to the science, they say. Listen to the experts when it comes to the science. Well, if you see some of the polling from some of these so-called experts, you realize that they are neurotic, that they are overwhelmingly unreasonable. They may understand the functions of the virus. They may understand the science of, uh, of COVID-19 and, and have knowledge of the, of the medical world that you and I don't. If you're not a doctor, some of you watching are. But they also have some pretty crappy judgment about what really matters in life and how to go forward. Here you have New York Times asking 700 U.S. epidemiologists 
if they had done or would have done in the following activities, uh, the following activities rather, if necessary in the last 30 days. Attend a sporting event, 6%. Attend religious services, 8%. Very few epidemiologists, if you look at it, are particularly religious. Attend a wedding or funeral. 90% of epidemiologists still won't attend a wedding or funeral? I, I got news for you folks. They're probably almost all vaccinated. They're, I would guess they're all vaccinated. All 700 of the people they're asking these to. Vaccinated epidemiologists still won't go to a wedding? Still won't go to a funeral? These people are lunatics. What has happened to them? Have they all been just completely brainwashed by the Fauci consensus? I, I think the answer is yes. When you look at these numbers, you can't come away from it saying anything other than these people are out of control. They, they just don't get it. They don't understand. There's a balance to be had here. One more thing. Cancel culture. Cancel culture is all over the place. The left says it doesn't exist, and then they cancel you. <laughs> That's the way the cancel culture actually plays out. Boat names, the latest to fall or maybe will fall victim to this. This is just on TikTok. A guy pointing out that there are people who are taking down all the names of boats in a marina to complain to the harbor master to have them changed. Play the clip. Right down the way, there's an actual stand. And these people have set up, they're literally set up because they walked around the entire marina and they wrote down all the names that they're offended by. And now they're trying to get the boats renamed. They went to the harbor master and they're gonna go ahead and pitch this at the city council in two weeks. They're gonna have a list of signatures of people who actually agree with them. Yeah, that's what the world's coming to, folks. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields high.